a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Elected officials from across the country are gearing up. Yes, they are gearing up for the 2022 midterm elections. Uh, really pleased to be joined now uh, by our friend and political strategist, consultant, uh, all-around insider, uh, founder of the Utah Policy, uh, writer for the Deseret News, uh, LeVar Webb, uh, who's going to boil this all down. Uh, LeVar says we can boil down the question that we should ask ourselves before casting a ballot that will determine the election in 2022. And he joins us now to give us the answer to that question or the question to that question. Uh, LeVar, thanks for joining us. And what's the question? (laughs) Hey, Boyd, uh, good to be with you. Well, elections are about a number of different things, obviously. But I do think that a really big issue, a big contrast, a big choice in this election will be whether voters in the United States and, of course, in each individual state with their uh, congressman and, in some cases, U.S. senator, do these voters want more government benefits? Do they want more stuff from the federal government or not? And uh, we've already seen enormous increases in in federal spending and, and benefits from the federal government, and voters in 2022 will will be able to to send a signal whether this is the direction they want to go or or not. Yeah, and I think that's such an interesting thing. Uh, you, you had a really powerful article on utahpolicy.com today uh, talking about this very question. And it, it's this unique thing, and I think it's one of the things that uh, you mentioned in your piece that the founders were afraid of, that uh, the citizens would be able to vote uh, more benefits for themselves at the ballot box. Yeah, that's kind of uh, some leaders and the founders have said that that could be the Achilles heel of democracy because we have the ability to simply vote ourselves more and more government largesse, and it's pretty tempting to do so. Uh, I use the example in the column about the uh, child tax credit, and I'm not opposed to child tax credits. I think in many cases for for some people, for low-income people with children, Sometimes it's it's the best thing we can do to help a family. But in this case, in the COVID relief bill, the the Biden bill, a Democratic bill that no no Republicans voted for, they increased that benefit dramatically. And so you can can earn up to $150,000 and receive for each of your children uh, $250 or $300 a month, depending on their age. And that's a dramatic increase in the welfare state, and uh, people are receiving that money now. It's probably helping a lot of people. Uh, is So as you vote in 2022, will you be voting to continue that benefit 
or not. And it's uh, when we get used to these government benefits, it's often very difficult to turn them around. Yeah, it, it's always hard to turn those around. And uh, you made the point, LeVar, that, uh, you know, even if you had a, a family who was making 149000 149, a year, uh, you know, sh- surely that family's not going to be upset if they get an extra twelve to 14000 a year uh, from the government uh, in that child tax credit. Uh, as you mentioned, the, those at the, the lower end of the economic scale uh, who clearly need that help and to, to which that makes a huge difference. Uh, but those are vastly different things. And so do we, uh, does the person making 149000 a year, uh, do they need another twelve to 14000 uh, on top of that, and will we continue to vote for that? I guess it really will be the question as yeah. we roll into 2022. And yeah, and will we go into debt further for that amount, or and will we, or will we borrow that money, which collectively, you know, is billions and billions of dollars? I think those are the choices that that uh, voters will need to to make. And, it, and that's just an example, the child tax credit, this $3.5 trillion human infrastructure bill that uh, the Democrats want to pass. And, and they hope to get this done before the 2022 election. I'm not sure they will. It'll depend on Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema and some of the moderates, whether they'll, they'll go along with this. But, but, but in that bill, of course, there is free community college and student loan debt cancellation and more rent help and eviction moratoriums and and expansion of Medicare, free pre-kindergarten for all children. Are these benefits that we want, that we're willing to vote ourselves? Uh, will we go along and tolerate the increased debt or increased taxes that will be required? Those are pretty clear and stark choices that we will need to be making in 2022. Yeah, we, we had an interesting discussion uh, last week uh, about just the amount of spending, even just in the first six months of the Biden administration. If you added up the the three point five, which is as you pointed out, uh, may or may not get through uh, as quickly as some think. Uh, but if you take all of that spending, uh, you know, you're somewhere between six and eight trillion. Uh, which, if you took that number, uh, you could give every household in America sixty thousand dollars, and uh, that that might be a better. Uh, <laughs> A better investment, though I don't think we should vote for that either. <laughs> yeah, it's it really is unfathomable the amount of money, and we, you know, it's it's so much that we 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 can't even understand it. it it's kind of meaningless to us. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we can understand a million dollars and even a billion, a thousand million, but a thousand billion, you know, mm. which is a trillion. It just it and and then. We have a hard time, uh, you know, one of, one of my big concerns with all of this is what it's teaching us, what it's teaching our young people, and, and have we simply decided as a society that that doesn't matter, yeah. that uh, somehow we can skate along and increase the federal debt, and, you know, they're approaching $30 trillion, and, and I, I don't know, that doesn't account the $3.5 trillion, and and they claim they're going to pay for that, you know, uh, part of it at least with higher taxes. But have, have all those things become meaningless? Do we not even care anymore? And I just worry what we're learning, what we're teaching ourselves and as a society and what that 
means in the long run for our children and grandchildren. Yeah, it it really is. The uh, I love the analogy that uh, you know we're not uh, teaching anybody how to swim, and then we're just uh, having the government <laughs> do more and more, launching more and more lifeboats as uh, fewer and fewer yeah, people in fact, know. Yeah, in fact, boy, that that's a really good point. That that all of none of none of this spending that I can see, very little of it, if if any, deals with Kamala Harris's root causes. You know, we mm. we need to. She says we need to figure out the root causes of of uh, undocumented immigration. Well, what are the root causes of poverty and crime and those difficult challenges that face society? And I'm not sure that, that much of this spending addresses the root causes. And that's that's what we need to get back to. Yeah, it is. It's the root causes and then producing real results. Uh, I, I think if uh, those on the left want to, to claim to, to be the party of the of the poor, uh, then they should be asking for a an audit of every program that touches somebody in poverty to make sure we are getting to root causes and we're producing real outcomes and results. And if those on the right want to be the, the party of entitlement reform, uh, we should probably start with a little bit of corporate uh, entitlement reform in terms of a lot of the, the lobbying uh, that we're, we're seeing going on in the special interest groups. Uh, so I think there's a way to get to all of that. And I, I love, uh, LaVar, that we were landing on this idea of root causes and then real results, real outcomes. Uh, and as voters, yeah, and I, we do get to vote on that. Yeah, and I fully agree with you with uh, with uh, uh, the corporate welfare, and and that all needs to be looked at as well. The the people that can hire armies of lobbyists, uh, you know, they they get what they want out of government, and and uh, so that that absolutely needs to be looked at as well. Yeah. Great insight, as always, LeVar Webb uh, joining us today. Great column on utahpolicy.com. We'll put that up on our social pages for you to read today as well. LeVar, thanks again for your time. Happy to do it. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of messages going around today, especially about coronavirus, vaccines, masks, and so on. What's the best way to cut through all the noise so people make better decisions, better behavior, better outcomes? We'll look at what works, what doesn't, what... When it comes to influencing people, coming up next on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.